Hebrews chapter 11 verse 21 says, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff, sorry, and leaning on the top of his staff. All right? We will come to that maybe sometime next week. All right? So you find that being a, being a, the concept of fatherhood is very important in scriptures. The concept of fatherhood, the concept of daddy is very, very important in scriptures. So, this month at some point, in three weeks' time, we're going to be celebrating Father's Day. That is when people go to the cards, they go to the, um, uh, go to, uh, the shops and buy their, pair, buy their dad a pair of socks. <laughs> and a card. And then a, more, or a pair of socks and a mug, if he's lucky. If he's lucky. But you and I know that being a daddy is more than a Sunday event. It's more than that. It has deeper meaning and deeper implication. And I want to spend this week talking about certain issues that must be addressed if we are to become the person of purpose, the person that God, and God has called you and I to be. If you look at the book of Malachi chapter 4, Malachi chapter 4, that are very powerful. That are powerful, and most dads don't even know how powerful they are. Daddies are very powerful. The only dad I know who knows how great and how powerful he is, is Daddy Jehovah. Daddy Jehovah is powerful, and he knows it. And Moses asked him and said, uh, Master, Moses asked him and said, Master, who should I say? Who should I say sent me? He said, what? Who, should you, who should you say sent you? So just go to them and tell them, I am that I am. That's so cool. I am that I am sent me. Praise the Lord. That's our God, the Father. He knows who he is. He knows he's the Alpha. He's the, he's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. After him, there's no one else. His name is Jehovah. Elohim. El Shaddai. El Rapha. El Rohi. God Almighty. He said, tell them. Tell them, say, I am that I am. I am whatever your faith allows me to be to you. That's an awesome daddy. If they bully you on the playground, tell them that I am that I am, and I will sort out your bullies. He said, if they will not let you go to come and worship me, tell them I am that I am, and I will strike their rivers. Tell them I am that I am, and I will send flies and frogs, and I will rock them until they let you go. Tell them. I am whatever your faith allows me to be to you. That's an awesome, awesome father. And then you look at in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. The Bible, was, the, Bible, the Bible was coming to an end of an era, an end of a phase. The Bible was coming to an end of a, an end of a phase. The Old Testament was going to be done away with. And the last verse of the last, of the last book of the, of the Old Testament, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. That means that before during that time, the hearts of fathers will be turned away from their children. And he says, lest I come and strike the land with a degree, the decree of utter destruction. So it means that when the hearts of the fathers and the hearts of the sons are turned away from each other, destruction is inevitable. 
That is why you and I, my brothers and my sisters, we must settle the daddy issue. He says, listen, he said, I, I need Elisha to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land. Lest I come and strike the land. The land talks about productivity. The land talks about work. The land talks about your economy. It means that there are certain things about your economy and your ecosystem that will not come together unless you settle the daddy issue. You need to settle the daddy issue. Amen. And after 400 years from then on, the Bible was quiet for 400 years. 400 years. And when we're going to introduce Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ. And then it says the son of David, the son of Abraham. You and I know that David did not have a wife called Mary. You and I know that David did not have a wife called Mary. You and I know that the, uh, uh, the father of David was Jesse. And the Bible says here that they refer to Jesus as the son of David. So then what kind of sonship are we talking about? That means that they introduced Jesus by his spiritual identity. They introduced Jesus by his spiritual DNA. They introduced Jesus by his spiritual roots. And so let's listen very carefully. Matthew talks about the book. It's a, it's a new chapter, a new phase, like a new level. There's a certain dimension, there's a certain, certain levels you will never enter in life if you do not settle the issue of fatherhood and the issue of daddy. Ask your neighbor one more time, who is your daddy? You see, you are now getting quiet. You were laughing a few minutes ago. We must settle this, please. We must settle this. I want you to understand that Father's Day is beyond sending cards and sending money. You must settle daddy issues. You must settle it. There is a level you will never enter into. There are doors that will never open. Matthew was introduced by talking about genealogy. Whose genealogy are you? Are you conscious of it? Have you embraced it? Whose DNA do you run on? Whose DNA do you run on? Have you identified it? Have you settled with it? And so they introduced a whole new testament, new laws, new order, new governance, new purpose. And it started by Jesus Christ, not by his miracles, not by his works, not by his assignment. He said, you will never have any assignment unless we settle your daddy issues. You settle your daddy issues. Praise the Lord. And so I'm going to be looking at this subject matter from three perspectives. We will look at the cultural representation of daddy. We will look at the personal implications. And then we will also look at the biblical interpretation. Yeah? So let's look at the cultural representation. When I talk about cultural representation, I'm not talking about fashion and trends. I am talking about the spiritual climate and, and atmosphere you were brought up in cultural representation. The spiritual, every man is born by a man. Every man. And as of the last time we checked, you were not the Messiah. And we are all from a particular environment. We are all raised in a particular climate. The thing about environment and climate are that they can go on, they can go, they can be unregistered in your consciousness. 
and whatever is not registered in your consciousness, right, has a tendency of altering your destiny without you knowing it. It stays in your subconscious and it can determine your outlook in life. And so we must talk about daddy. We must. It is more than, it is more than buying cards, if you do at all. Some will never buy cards. This month for some is, the most, is one of the most difficult months for them. Because everywhere you go, it reminds you of your past. For some, everywhere you go, it reminds you of what you are trying to forget. The shops will remind you. TV will remind you. Everywhere you go. So we can't run away from it. We have to address it. Tap your neighbor, say address it. Then tap and say confront it. Because you need to move, on, move to the next level. Praise the Lord. So let me just quickly go through the various types of climates we have run by certain types of personalities. Different types of climates you find that children are raised in. Every woman you see today was once a girl. Every man you see today was once a boy, was raised in a particular climate and spiritual environment that affects the way that person comes across and their perspective in life. If you don't go back and fix and identify those things and fix it, chances are that you, certain chapters of your life may never open. You can stay in the silent zone of your life. The Bible says after Malachi spoke, for 400 years, there was silence. That seal of silence was only broken by the introduction of genealogy. Do you understand? That seal of silence was only broken by the introduction of a spiritual DNA. Jesus, the son of. Not Jesus, the one who will raise the dead. Not Jesus, the one who will die and resurrect. No, say Jesus, the son of. That was how this... Let's talk about different types of fathers. Because you and I may need to uh, go a little deeper. Sometimes we need to go deeper so we can go higher. Daddy one, the authoritarian daddy. Authoritarian daddy. The one that will never allow his children express themselves. Authoritarian daddy. Kids that are forced to suppress their feelings because they are raised in an authoritarian climate. Authoritarian climate. When you are raised in an authoritarian climate, you will never be creative because you are forced to think and to conform within a mold. Was that the authoritarian? That's a question we need to address. Flirtatious daddy. Flirtatious daddy. You grew up in an environment where daddy cannot keep his hands to himself. Grew up in an environment where daddy is married to mommy. But everybody in town knows that daddy has a girlfriend. You know, we used to live in a block of, um, in an apartment block uh, when I was growing up. And there was this young woman who was living um, on the top right hand um, uh, flat, you know, we're young then. And there was this guy. Every Friday, he shows up in a sports car. Shows up, and then he, he, um, he goes in, spends the weekend, and then on Monday, Monday morning, he disappears. And so one day, a gentleman came to live with this um, young woman. 
Um, so it was about my age. So I started talking. So I said, oh, your mom, your mom. He said, no, no, that's not my mom. I said, it's not your mom? She's not your mom? He said, yes. I said, so what she told you then? Oh, that's my senior sister. I said, oh, you mean that guy that comes from weekend is not, it's not your dad? He said, no. I said, what is he then? He smiled. That's my sister's friend. I was married, but that was his, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Sidekick. Uh, <laughs> 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 Ask your neighbor who is your daddy. <laughs> you grew up in that kind of um, climate and atmosphere. You will never trust any man. You will have trust issues. You will have trust issues. You see. So we have flirtatious daddy. The one that, uh, so my friend was telling me about a gentleman that has a, a wife and four kids in uh, Africa. He migrated to South Africa for economic reasons. And then he has another wife and four kids uh, in South Africa. I said, seriously? He said, yes. I said, does he go home? He said, no. He said, but he sends them $10,000 every month. Folks, there are some things money cannot buy. If you are a child from that kind of home, what kind of mother will you be right now? What kind of wife will you be? We must settle daddy issues. We have the intimidating father. Doesn't say much. But every time he walks in, it's like you are bound. You can't speak. His presence is so intimidating. He makes you feel small. And you will feel small all your life. And then you, until you leave that home. But here you are, father, with two children of your own, you still feel small. Still feel small. Still feel small. Is there anybody? Is a doctor, but still feel small. Is a program manager, but still feel small. Career professional, still feels poor. On six-figure income, still feels small. Because of daddy. We have invisible daddy. These are the type of father who plays no role in the children's lives. My job is to begat, and I have begotten. <laughs> now that you have begotten, End of story. It's at home where it's invisible. Invisible. Children who grow up without a, with, with an invisible father often find they, cannot find their place under the sun because there's no direction. What course should I do? 
Or should I marry? Or should I date? What kind of job? Can you imagine if you are a lady and you don't have a guidance like that? What impact will it have? See, church, if we don't settle, the, if we can, if we don't settle these daddy issues, there are some doors that will never open to you. Overprotective daddies. I remember, I'm guilty of that one sometimes. So, um, uh, my daughter came many years ago and said, uh, you know, my mates take bus around. Dad, I would like to take the bus too, sometimes just to experience it. I said, yeah, no problem. Where do you want to start? There's a bus stop in front of our home. So I'll take the bus to town center or go to Blue Water. I said, no problem. Just let me know what the bus time is <laughs> so I can drive behind the bus. <laughs> And she went, really? Oh, yes, no problem. I'm just so happy I have an intention of driving anywhere that bus is going to that end of the At that time, they were in year three. And she came home and said, Dad, year 10, you said, yeah, my, my, my classmates are going to Rome. No, get out of here. <laughs> yes, yeah, we're going to Rome. Oh, what a coincidence. Just, just, just so happened. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna be in rooms sometime. Anybody? We got, we got two time. When are you guys going? And so, where will you guys be staying in room? And then she mentioned one hotel. I said, No. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> I wonder why she opted out of that trip. I still don't know why all of a sudden she just came and said she's not going again. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Overprotective uh, fathers. My son said, came and said uh, he wants to go to Thailand with his friends. I, I said, really? So how long for? He said, six months, just six, just six months. I said, okay. <laughs> oh, is it three or six months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, no problem. So one night I called him and sat down next to him and said, uh, we need to have a conversation. He said, what? Are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm all right. Whether you are okay, I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> I, said, uh, I said, when you were four years old, you said, I want to be a lawyer, making lawyer. I said, in the same breath, you said I want to be a lawyer when you were four. You should have told me you want to go to Tyler. As if you had said when you were four that you want to be, you want to go to Thailand and go to Vietnam and go to. Uh, I said, uh, we would have had Charlie. <laughs> I had uh, two or three boys along the line, you know, just you know, to support the family. I said, but uh, right now, I think it's a little bit late in the day <laughs> because this factory <laughs> is closed and we have. And I've shut down my machinery. <laughs> so how are we going to do it now? Because I feel defrauded. <laughs> I feel defrauded. What am I going to do? Because it's too late for me to start uh, creating a, an alternative. You know what I mean? So, 
I don't know why he changed his mind, to be very honest. <laughs> Overprotective fathers. The problem about having, um, coming from a background of um, overprotection is that you will never learn to take risks. You never learn to take risks. You may never try something new by being overprotected. Then we have the nostalgic father. You know those fathers you talk to? Every now and then, he says, uh, back in the day. Back in the day. Dad, it's 21st century. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Once upon a time, when I was your age, that's a father who lives in the past. If you come from a background where only the past is celebrated, you may never have a bright future. Nostalgic father. We have non-confrontational issues avoiding fathers. They will never put their foot down on anything. They are not confrontational. They can't say no and stand by it. No belly, no spine. And a man cannot be confrontational if he has never seen his father confrontational. A man can never address an issue or a woman can never address an issue if she has never seen her father. Listen very carefully. Fathers raise daughters, not mothers. Fathers raise daughters, not mothers. So, if you come from a background where daddy was never confrontational, things are going wrong, but he will never speak up. You too will never speak up. You will never, you will never speak up. You won't have a voice. You will never have the confidence to put your foot down and say no. You will always shy away from issues. You, you bury your head in the sand. You hope, you hope that if I keep quiet long enough, the issues will disappear. You cannot confront, you can't look at someone face to face and take a stand. Because daddy was never confrontational. Everything went pear shape at home, and he never said a word. Non confrontational issues avoiding dad. Then we have nurse dad. Daddy who is, uh, plays the role of a nurse at home, over caring dad. He's more caring than your nanny, more caring than your mom. As a nurse, a nursing dad, nursing daddy. If you had a nursing father, a nursing dad, chances are you will never try anything new as well. You will never take any risk. Because we're growing up, before you ever think of making any mistake, daddy's ready hands are available. Couldn't stay one week in a boarding school. You know, they have, I, when, when I was in boarding school, there was a particular guy. We all checked in together. Every week that he was in school, every week, every weekend, every weekend. Initially, I was envious. Ah, why is my dad, my daddy doesn't come like this. Yeah. So he had constant supplies of um, provision. <laughs> hey, daddy. 
constant supply of provisions. We all envied him. That was always there, every time, every week, always there. But we had our old boys association some time ago and in a group, and I was asking after him. They said he's dead. He died in a jail in Turkey. You see. Statistics prove that kids brought up by extremely caring parents usually lack motivation. Kids brought up by extremely caring parents usually what? Lack motivation. They lack motivation. I I don't even have time to go through abusive fathers. Abusive fathers. The one that use expletives to describe your every action. Constantly cursing and swearing. The cursing and swearing father. They create toxic environment. They create toxic climate. Those things need to be addri- addressed. Absent fathers. The runner. You know, the one who got mommy pregnant and did the runner. Absent fathers. Aggressive fathers. Arrogant fathers. We won't talk about alcoholic fathers. A little gin, a little wine. A little gin, a little wine. A little gin, a little wine. Here you are, 45. A little gin, a little wine. (laughs) A little gin. And you have never asked yourself, why am I always doing this? Or, why can't I stop? A little gin, a little wine. As a, as a, that is an alcoholic spirit that was transferred to you by a very good daddy. Busy be daddies. So busy, don't have time for the kids. Wealthy, comfortable but not there. But you know I'm, I'm working for all of you. So they say. But you know this is for you, right? I need to send you guys to good schools. Say, so yeah, but we're in a good school. But you have to go to better schools. The busy daddy. Busy bees. We have controlling daddies. You must be a doctor. Mm. My friend's son is a doctor. You must be a doctor. <laughs> we must have doctors in this family. I will start from you. And then GCSE comes out. You couldn't make physics, couldn't make chemistry, couldn't make maths, but you must be a doctor. <laughs> that then introduces you to the next dad, the critical daddy, the comparing daddy. What is wrong with you? Look at your cousin. What is the matter with you? Look at your sister. And then you're looking at the sister. (laughs) (laughs) If I catch you. (laughs) Have a controlling father. No time to talk about them. No time. We have the controlled fathers. 
Hey. So a man grows up, mommy controls daddy. Mommy says when, who, how. <laughs> you better go and do the dishes because if the controller comes, your mommy comes. You better go, not go and do the dishes because it's a responsible thing to do. No. Go and do it because if your mommy comes. Make your bed because mommy is coming. That's the controlled daddy. Controlled daddy. When you come from a controlled background, you expect to be controlled. You are the man, but you can never make the decision. And you know what is right, but you can't stand by it. You can't put your foot down. At the least sense of confrontation and resistance, right? You will swallow that thing. So the one who is spiritually, naturally not equipped by nature and by God to lead. Come. So this is Mrs. Man. So you are so you come from a background where you are so controlled. You grew up never seeing your father have a voice. You get married. And then you can't speak. You know what is right, but you can't tell your spouse. Over time, you know what you do? Where is this family going to? But they said, this is a help meet. It wasn't designed like this. But the man is from a background where he has never seen his father raise a voice, speak up, stand by a decision, whether good or bad. Where is this family going to? Controlled father. I think, so he said, I think this school is good for Tommy. I don't think so. 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 Okay, 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 okay. So what, what do you think? He comes back to his position. Every now and then, he'll be catching anointing and catching grace to lead and to direct. He will step forward, right? And then, you need to alter it. Thank you. As a controlled father. If you come from a family where your father was controlled, there's a height in life you will never attain. You will never attain. The competitive father. Competitive. Dad, dad, dad. You know what? I've just been made the head boy of my school. Ah, congratulations. Ah, I remember when I was your age. I was a school prefect. That, 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 I just got a job. Wow, very nice. <laughs> Interesting. My offer just arrived this morning too. Competitive fathers. 
and they also drive their children, drive their children, drive their children. Competitive fathers. Let me quickly share with you, share with you uh, the implication of these things, the personal implication of these things. Number one, they create anger. At some point in that home, someone will get angry. Number two, they create bitterness. They create bitterness. Number three, they create insecurity. Insecurity. Number four, they create low self-esteem. Constantly needing acceptance. Constantly needing acceptance. Five, they create rebellion. Because man is not designed to be... When you tamper with what God has created, it's only a matter of time, there will be resistance. So it creates rebellion. One time, at some point, you're going to stop. Everybody's going north. You say, no, I'm going south. They say, why? I say, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to say, I don't care. Creates hatred. Creates neglect. Can you imagine you have all these issues inside? You go ahead and see, get married. So I always say, people are not bad. But if certain issues are not dealt with, they can end up creating nightmares. Loneliness. And lastly, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Um, in two weeks' time on the 14th, Pastor Bola and I are going to be talking about dealing with hurt. That's, that's on the 14th. Dealing with hurt. Here. I want to address how to address, I want to talk about how to deal with these issues. And I want to be praying with some of you. Or some, if this, if this resonates with you. Amen. That means this program is here at 7.30. Because the Matthew of your life must open. The Matthew of your life must be open. The silence over your destiny must be dealt with in the name of Jesus. Rise your foot as we pray. Before we, well before then, before the 14th of this month, let me have the flyer up there. I want to just pray with you today and leave my number with you. You all, have my no- you all have my number. You can text me so we can fix the time and just pray together and start unpacking these issues because I believe that this year is your year in Jesus' name. So every head bowed, every eyes closed. Please bow your head just out of respect, really, nothing spiritual, out of respect for people. If you are here and, you've, and you think, Pastor, I... You, you touched on my childhood. Just raise your hand where you are, and I want to just pray with you. Please bow your head. Raise your hand where you are. Every, every head bowed, every eyes closed. just want to pray with you. I see that hand. The Lord bless you. I see that hand. Please bow your heads. Please don't look around. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. 
I see that hand. Please drop them. Drop your hands. The Lord bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, I, we come to you as your children. And we say our hearts bleed. Holy Spirit, we ask that, we ask that you nurse these hearts in the name of Jesus. We ask that you nurse these hearts. Lord, I cover every heart whose hands were raised with the blood of Jesus. Lord, I ask, oh God, for deep healing tonight in the name of Jesus. I ask, oh God, that this night be the night of settlement and judgment, that you will judge these issues in the hearts of your children, and you will heal them, Father, and you will make them whole in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I command the Matthew of their season to be open to them. I command unusual doors to be open to them in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Let every hold of the enemy over these hearts be shattered and destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please may be seated. It's offering time.